As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. To the latest head of the pack, I'm Matt Schneidman here with Bill Huber. And boy, I don't think Packer fans got a lot of sleep last weekend. I know I didn't. I know we talked to you guys after the first round on Thursday. There have been some more stuff, not only with a draft, but with Aaron Charles Rogers that has come out since then. Bill, where do you want to start? Do we start with the Yahoo report that he won't come back if Brian Gutekunst is the GM? Let's start there. Um, Let's start there, yes. This could all be solved, and I know coming from reporters, maybe it seems a little needy, but if Aaron Rodgers just came out and talked and addressed his side, you know, uh, A.J. Hawk, his close friend and former teammate, was on the Pet McAfee show yesterday and said he he does not believe that, that Rodgers um, would try and get Brian Gutekunst fired. He was with Rodgers at the Kentucky Derby this weekend, but I'm not disputing Charles's report. Charles is a rock-solid reporter. Um, so it seems... As of now, and the other thing is, if it's not true, you don't just let that sit there. Rodgers would have refuted it already. So let's assume it's true that Rodgers has that ultimatum of it's me or Gutekunst. I know you wrote it. To me, Bill, I think up until then, public perception was on Rodgers' side. After that, I don't think it is anymore. No, definitely not. Um, Twitter's obviously as unscientific as you get, but I, I would say... 75-25 against him? Does that seem fair from your interactions? About. I'd go maybe 70-30. I, I saw someone actually in the comments on one of my stories says 70-30. Um, but yeah, I definitely say it's in favor of Brian Gutekunst. Yeah, that this. you're right, Matt, and, and it's not needy. I mean, this is a big effing deal. He, if, if you're Rodgers, why are you letting all your surrogates do the talk, whether it's Agent Dave Dunn or, or whoever the hell it is? Why are you letting all these other people talk? Why don't you just get out in front of this thing? It's amazing. Or either that or just tell your people to shut the hell up, one or the other, because <laughs> either way, it looks terrible. I mean, you can't, you can't have your people. Again, I, I have no reason to distrust. I, I have no idea. I've never talked to him before, but I, I have no reason to believe that Charles is making it up. He's a He's a hell of a good reporter. Um, it's a it's a terrible look. So either Rogers signed off on it, or Rogers needs to get his people to shut up, one or the other. But either way, he looks terrible in this, and he's 
I almost said a bad word here. He's peeing away his legacy as we speak. Yeah, I, I think I don't disagree with you there. I think his legacy is at stake in part. Not I, I wrote this the other day when I predicted he would still be the starting quarterback for the season, but um, I don't think his legacy is ruined yet. Any, I don't think it's anywhere near ruined. No, I think tarnished. He's in danger in danger of tarnishing it now. There you go. Has has he done a little damage to it already? Maybe, maybe not. On the field, obviously not. You can't take away anything he's done on the field. In terms of his reputation with the fan base, it's taken a li- slight hit, a, a little nick, a little scratch, I think. But there's still time to save it. Now, does he care about that? I think he does. And that's why I think you could see maybe a little bit of a backtrack. Now, if you... The reason I think we haven't heard anything from him yet is because... It still doesn't look good if right after you realize the fans are against you in the whole Gouda Kunst or me thing, you can't come out right away and say, oh, no, I wasn't being serious because that just means you're reacting to the public perception. Like, I think he'll give it a little bit of time and maybe, maybe um, soften his stance a little bit. Maybe come out in a couple of weeks and say, you know what, I was a little hot headed or you know what. You know, that's not exactly the ultimatum I gave. Because if he comes out right away and says it, it just seems like he he's saying that to save face with the fan base and it's not actually genuine. So there, there's obviously a rift. Anyone who says this is made up, it's not true because the news would have gotten out and wouldn't have gotten out in the first place without Rogers. OK, um, so this is, there's obviously a rift. He obviously doesn't want to play for the Packers, but the severity of this. I'm interested to see if it stays at the level it's currently at in the coming weeks and months. Because this isn't like, oh, he, he made this decision that he doesn't want to play for the Packers, then the next day the report came out. This has obviously been going on for weeks because, as you saw Schefter report, you know, Goody, LaFleur, and Mark Murphy all flew out to see him. You know, they've been talking over the last six to eight weeks. This has been going on for a while. So if this does eventually reach a point where both sides are – are in unison again, it's going to take a long time because this isn't a snap decision Rogers made and, you know, he slept on it over the weekend. This has been something that he's had time to think about for, if reports are accurate, two months. And then the report came out. So it'll take a while. I don't know what it's going to take, but it'll take a while if they ever do uh, reunite. Yeah. Um, you know, it's amazing that people still, I mean, I mean, not as many as it was a couple of weeks ago, but there are still people who here who are out there who think it's, this isn't real. Like Gudukuns <laughs> confirmed. I mean, no, no one's refuted. I mean, Mark Mark Murphy went to Packers.com of all places and wrote about it. I mean, this is for the people out there who still think that we should all just shut the hell up. And no, I mean, this is this is real stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know how it gets solved, Matt. He I mean he is so stubborn. I mean, you know that. I mean, he is a yeah. stubborn man. I don't know how he reverses course from this. Um, other than Maybe Adams and Bakhtiari. Of course, Adams had the tweet yesterday, which I'm sure we're going to get to. But those Adams and Bakhtiari are are the guys who talk him off the ledge, so to speak. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how it gets turned around. He just seem. They just seem so dug in. And then, you know, the, the it, one report comes out Thursday, and then it's another, and then the the worst one came out on Saturday. It just keeps. He just keeps like he or his people just keep dumping gas in the thing. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because look. I understand there are two sides to this story. I understand that 
it seems very one-sided right now because on one end you have Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekunst, and Mark Murphy publicly begging for him to stay pretty much. And Rodgers looks like the a-hole here because, you know, of the reports that have come out, he hasn't talked. And because of the three senior most members of the Packers organization begging him to stay. I understand it's not that simple. I understand there's stuff that we don't know about right now and we may never know about that have driven Rodgers to this point. And listen, if he comes out and does an interview and says, this is why I'm feeling this way because Brian Gutekunst did this, 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 and this that nobody knows about. Could public perception be back on his side? Sure. Could it be justified that he doesn't want to play for the Packers unless Gutekunst is is out? Possibly. Who knows what Gutekunst has done behind the scenes. But until then, and look, public perception is flawed because it's just based on the information we have. But as reporters, we got to take a step back and say, okay, so there's obviously more to this story. Rogers obviously just isn't upset about the Jordan Love pick, the contract, the Jake Kumro, Jordy Nelson. It's it's obviously more than that, but we don't know what more it is. And you brought up the Devontae tweet. Got to appreciate what you got while you got it. 10.5 thousand retweets and comments, 56,000 likes. It's the number one receiver. You know who will? Go ahead. One of those people who liked it, Aaron Rodgers liked it. Aaron Rodgers liked it. Listen, Aaron Rodgers' best friends on the team are Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari, and Mercedes Lewis. What's fascinating to me in terms of a question I have is, has Rodgers talked them into being on his side? Were they already on his side? Or is someone like Mercedes Lewis or Bakhtiari or Devontae saying, listen, man, we're with you, but do what... I, I think it was Wildy who brought this up on cover two on BAY the other night. He's like, could we find ourselves maybe in a situation like with Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan came back because he didn't want to win a title for Jerry Krause. He wanted to win a title for, for Dennis and Scotty and Scotty Burrell and his teammates. Like, could these guys who are still under contract with the Packers and like Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari, Mercedes Lewis, you know, Bakhtiari just got paid the most out of any lineman in history. He's not going anywhere. Devontae still needs to play well this year to cash in as the highest paid wide receiver in history, probably next offseason. So are they going to be like, listen, man, we know you're pissed at the GM. We are too. Just just do this for your teammates and your head coach. Because from what I can tell, Rodgers has a great relationship with the floor. It, it seems to be the GM and Mark Murphy that, that are a problem. Um, so who knows? Who knows if his teammates can convince him it seems, like you said, as of now, we're at a point of no return, but I, I wouldn't put a lid on it just yet. No, I would. I, I think I, I think Adams and Bakhti are, are the key to this thing. You know, Dave, obviously Dave's not going anywhere. If Devontae wants to get paid, he's going to, I mean, that's a hell of a gamble, right? If you're Devontae Adams to just play out the contract, I mean, God forbid you tear your ACL, there goes $50 million, $40 million. I mean, um, I don't know. Um. He's got obviously he's got a lot of friends here. Mercedes willingly to be signed here. Obviously, Bakhtiari did too. Um, I wouldn't think those guys are too upset with with management, right? I mean, Dave could have played it out as well. I wouldn't think. Yeah. So, um, what's well, interesting, and I go ahead. Yeah, I, w- I would say it's it's going to be up to those two. I would say it's going to be up to those three guys. If you're the Packers, um, you, you better hope that those three guys can can persuade them to up to. You know, to Devontae's tweet, I mean, it was easy to it was easy to see the bad stuff there, right? But yeah. what if that was Devontae to Rogers saying, "Appreciate what you've got," as in you've got a teammates that you love, yeah. the franchise is damn good, 
appreciate what you. But then, why here. would Rogers like it? Why would Rogers like know. it if it was going at him? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he didn't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe Devontae I, I didn't run it feel... past him. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying there, there's a possible other. Um, right. There's a possible other translation of that, or hell, <laughs> maybe it was just to his pizza stop, pizza store. Who knows? You. We've seen enough athletes over the years put out stuff on Twitter that had nothing to do about anything. Right. That set off a firestorm. It's, just to it get seems unlikely. Riled but up. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I, yes. I, I think I can share this, but I, I messaged Rogers the other day. They, when it all broke on Thursday, basically just asking, you want to go on the record? You want to go on background just to, you know, clear some things out, get your, get your side out there. And I think he's enjoying this a little bit because like you saw at the Kentucky Derby, he says, Oh, I'm disappointed. It got out there. No, you're, you're enjoying seeing the firestorm surround your name. And listen, athletes have egos. Aaron Rodgers enjoys Murphy, Gutekunst, and LaFleur coming out and begging for him to stay. He enjoys that. And Rodgers responded to me. I may want to make sure. He said, lots going on today, I see. I said, I, I said, screw you. I didn't say this exactly, but I said, screw you, man. Like, we got a draft to cover, and you're just literally throwing a match on gasoline and walking – or throwing gas on the fire and walking away, <laughs> which is which is funny. And listen, he has no obligation to talk. That's uh, not his necessity, obviously, because he hasn't yet, but who knows? I'll keep trying for the people out there. I'll keep trying to get him to talk. He'd be in his best interest, I think, but – I think so too, but you know, it would also have been in his best interest not to have it leak that he wants the GM fired. Yeah, that unless he's just totally forcing his way out the door. You know what? Where it's just gonna make it so untenable for the franchise to have this guy trashing his boss. Unless, but that's the thing, like that's the, game the Packers it, I, I was listening to Daniel Jeremiah, who does a great job with the draft and everything else for NFL Network. He said, I don't care how severe he gets, I'm not trading him. I will let him retire. I will make him retire. And honestly, I understand these sagas normally get to a point where it's like, he's not going to play for us, so we have to try and get something in return. Yeah, like the the Packers will probably get to that point. If if Rodgers is dead set on not returning, I think the Packers will trade him over, over not, you know, not trading him. My, my guess is he still starts. I, I don't know why. I think that it's just a gut feeling that they eventually come to a point of agreement where Rodgers sucks it up, plays, still doesn't like the GM, but does it for his teammates and, and the public perception. But if he doesn't play, I think it's more likely they trade him because, yes, Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur say they're not trading him. We have no plans to. We're not going to. But a couple months down the road where it, if it – if it is abundantly clear that Rodgers will not play, and they say, shoot, he's not going to play, we might as well try and get something back for him. They'll get back a King's ransom for him from Denver, from Las Vegas, from whoever it is. Multiple first-round picks, a star player, probably more draft picks, and who knows. So I think it would be a, a trade that would be more likely if he doesn't play, but wouldn't it be a nice grudge move from Gutekunst's perspective to say, screw you, we're not trading you, make him retire. And if he retires, Rodgers owes the franchise $11 million in each of the next two years. Yeah, I don't. I was actually going to ask you, Matt, what, what would you do? Um, because you're right, there's, there's I mean, 
being stubborn and having a backbone, I mean, that's all that's all well and good, but I mean, if he's not going to play, man, don't don't you got to take three first rounders rather than zero? I mean, I I just think it's a no-brainer. Let me look. What is Gudukun's going to say about trading Rodgers? Yeah, we might. No, you can't say that. So I I put nothing into that whatsoever. You've got to trade him if it gets to that. Um man, if he goes to Denver, what what did Denver pick? 10th, 12th, whatever it was this year? Nice. If if Rodgers goes there, that picks him to what? 25, 28, 32. I mean, you're going to get a whole bunch of bottom of the bottom of the first round draft picks and you know when when Rodgers came out with that stuff, I think this is really crappy timing on your part. Because it's the drafts here, it's it's too late. But maybe that's the right. Maybe that's his inner genius, right? You, you, if they traded him before the, the draft, the, you know his former team would have gotten a really good draft pick, and now they're, they're not going to get that. So maybe that's the guy yeah. is so smart. Maybe that was his thought on that. That's the thing. And, and if people say, "Oh, Rogers just wants to win," no, I mean, if he really wants out of Green Bay, it's not about the winning. It's more about the relationship with the with the GM because. His best chance to win is in Green Bay. I mean, you're not going to get a better roster around you. Kansas City, Tampa, the Packers have a top five roster in the NFL without a doubt. You can't argue that. So, it, And they're not going to trade him to an NFC team. So if it's, let's see, what teams need, let, we'll go down this road. What teams in the AFC would take Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback? Uh, not Buffalo, because they have Josh Allen. Not the Jets, because they just drafted one, number two overall. Uh, not the Patriots, I don't think, because they just drafted one in the first round. I think the Dolphins would. Unless he's coming back. Unless he's, unless he's coming back here, right? Right. Unless he's, unless he's part of the trade. Unless he's part of the trade. But let's say it's Denver and the Raiders, as has been floated out there already. Um and I asked him that, and he said he didn't know what the trade destinations might have been. So I don't know if he's lying to me or what. But you have a much better chance to win with the Packers than you do at either of those stops. So, you know, what was the story? I th- thought I heard Rob say this on a show the other day. In, did, did Ted Thompson say, Brett, where do you want to go? Brett Favre said, I want to go to Tampa. Then he was like, all right, I'm going to trade you to the exactly. Jets. Yeah, there's a 0% like, chance he's going to the 49ers, even even – even if this trade was done in March, you know, that was, that was not going to happen ever. Yeah, exactly. And, and like I said, this obviously Aaron Rodgers cares about winning. I'm not saying he doesn't care about winning, but for people say, Oh, wanting a trade out is about winning. Wanting to go somewhere else is because your team isn't doing. And the, the narrative about the Packers haven't done enough to surround Rodgers or they haven't drafted a weapon. That narrative is going to drive me up a goddamn wall because if people say yes, indeed. that, you know, Aaron Rodgers wants out because his general manager hasn't done enough to help him win a Super Bowl. Uh, the best chance he has to win a Super Bowl is in Green Bay because of what the general manager has done. Yeah, I mean, other than you know, other than the 2020 draft, um, you're right. He's been he's been given fantastic offensive lines year after year after year, and you'll, yeah, I understand they haven't given him a, a um, receiver help. I, I get that, and and, that, and that's a that's a fair commentary. I would say. I mean, um. It's a whole bunch of day two guys, and most of them haven't panned out. So I, I get that part of it, but the line's fantastic. The running back is unbelievable. He's got Devontae Adams. Um, maybe they lucked into Robert Tunyon, but they've got him. Yeah, he's got – Look, they, they led the NFL in scoring last year, which obviously if you have another receiver, maybe you're even better, and maybe you have a better chance to beat Tampa 
in a championship game with another weapon. But yeah, the that that is just insane. I'm so tired of hearing that. And that whole first round draft pick thing. God, God, shut the hell up with that first round draft pick crap. God almighty. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Um, all right, enough with Aaron Rodgers. He's consumed our lives too much this weekend. I know it's our job, but too much. Let's talk about this draft bill because I know we talked about the Eric Stokes pick, but the Packers added eight more players after that. I think they did a nice job drafting for need. I know they may not be the most attractive picks on paper, but let's start. We'll go pick by pick and just quick hitters on each one. Josh Myers, second round out of Ohio State. You know, I think John Runyon Jr. might get the first crack at the starting center job, but even if that happens, I think Myers would be the right guard over Lucas Patrick. Obviously, a lot can happen in camp, but um, I think this guy is going to get a real shot to start right away. Yeah, I talked to a scout yesterday about him. Um, he said, you're, you're not drafting Myers to hope that he starts. You're drafting Myers for him to start. That's a great point on Runyon. Right. I remember talking to his old line coach at Michigan, and he said, he could start at center. Give him some time, and he could start at center. Of course, that was his. I realize that was his position coach in college, and he would say that. But he pointed out center way back then, so I, I could see that. Um, you also mentioned Lucas Patrick. They've got like fifty-eight linemen under contract right now. Um, I, I know Lucas had a pretty decent year and all, but um, for a team that's trying to cut a few dollars, I, I wonder what Lucas's future here is in Green Bay. Anyway. Then next, Amari Rogers, the wide receiver out of Clemson. I thought it was interesting that Brian Gutekunst said. He strongly considered drafting him at 62 in the second round and then tried unsuccessfully four or five times to trade up, um, finally struck a deal with the Titans to move up from 92 to 85. This was my favorite pick of the draft for the Packers. Obviously, they didn't need wide receiver help right away, but they didn't really have a true slot receiver and, and hadn't had one since Randall Cobb left. Ironically enough, Amari Rogers' father, T. Martin, the uh, national champion undefeated QB at Tennessee in 1998 who backed up Peyton Manning for the two years prior is his father and uh, coached Randall Cobb at Kentucky in 2010. I talked to him the other day. He said, yeah, that's a fair comparison. Randall and Amari uh, have been close for a while. T Martin has showed Amari, you know, a lot of Randall Cobb tape. So if the Packers can get a little bit of Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers, I think they'll be just fine with that third round pick. Yeah. One of my favorite picks too. I talked to a scout about him yesterday as well. He and he had him pegged middle of the second round. Uh, and I bring that up because the Packers, okay. if if you look at the trade value chart, the Packers got hosed in that trade. And Goody kind of alluded to it after the draft that with that absolutely fantastic Ted Thompson story about when he traded up to get Clay Matthews and 
Uh, the guys in the room at the time were telling Ted, you sure you want to give up that much? And Ted kept saying, I don't care. I want the player. So I thought it was a great anecdote from Gutekunst that he didn't care about the trade value chart. He didn't care that he lost it. He was getting a player he had valued much higher. And you're right about the slot stuff, Matt. When Tyler Irvin went away, I think defenses giggled at the jet sweep stuff, didn't they? They'd run that receiver yeah. in motion, and the defenses didn't care about that. Well, you better sure as hell better care with Amari Rodgers getting the ball. But So I liked it from that. And also, I'm a, one of those draft geeks who cares about draft history. They hadn't drafted a receiver shorter than Cobb. Cobb was 5'10 and a quarter. In the 16 drafts from Thompson and Gutekunst, nobody shorter than that. Um, Amari Rodgers, 5'9 and a half, so a real trend buster, but a guy who feels a real need. And for all the stuff about how LaFleur and the coaches don't get any say in the draft picks. I think that is a Matt LaFleur draft pick. I would agree. And I think what also is important with that pick is he can return punts and kicks. And the Packers' return units have been lifeless right. the last two years. So if he can help a little bit uh, on those units, that would be an added bonus. Uh, quick hitters will go one sentence each on the rest of the draft. Royce Newman, the uh, offensive tackle, offensive guard from Ole Miss. They should use him in goal line packages. When he was talking to us, he was saying he was a wide receiver in high school. Why not? Get no lineman a touchdown, whether it's from Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love. But as you'll see with a couple more of these draft picks we'll talk about, depth on the offensive line was a major, major focus here. I was talking to Jim Nagy, the Senior Bowl Executive Director, yesterday as well. Nagy called him a future starter. Okay. That's it. I mean, Jim knows what he's talking about more than anyone. So I trust him on that. Yeah, he knows a lot more than I do. Do you have any it. other nuggets from Jim? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, he's he's yeah he you know going back to the first rounder Eric Stokes, he was not a Senior Bowl guy. Um, he said that was the guy that they were targeting all along. So you know for, there was no um, Packers selling for this guy or that guy. Apparently Eric Stokes was the guy for them. Thought that was pretty interesting. Right. Uh, round five, defensive tackle T.J. Slayton from Florida. He's huge. He's 6'4", 330. He said he wants to get down to 320. Didn't have much production in college. Um, I believe only seven and a half tackles for loss and a couple sacks over his last two years. He was only a one-year starter at Florida. But they need depth on this defensive line. And this seems just like your classic low-risk, high-reward pick. Yeah, what's the weakness of Green Bay's defense, Matt? I would probably say... Run defense? Yeah, run defense and pass rush up the middle. Yeah, so I would I would say Slayton at least takes care of the run defense. Um, you know, it, it's hard to rush the passer when it's third and two all the time. I don't I don't care how um how great your coordinator's scheme is, it's hard to run scheme on third and two. So I think yep. if you can get some run defense on first and second down and make sure third gives you a better chance of getting to third and long, and then you can let your coordinator have some fun. Yeah. I really like this next pick. Shamar Jean Charles, the corner out of Appalachian State in the fifth round with their compensatory pick. PFF had him ranked as the 16th best player in college football last year, led the nation in passes defense with 17, second team All-American. He was targeted 35 times in single coverage, according to PFF, and allowed only five completions. I don't care if you're playing in my Syracuse Intramural Football (laughs) League. Those are good numbers. Obviously, he's in the Sun Belt, so it's maybe easier, but... You know, it, it seems like he could really challenge Chandon Sullivan for that nickel role. Yeah, I thought you know, I, I thought Chandon was actually all right last year, but he's maybe he's better off being a sixth man. Um, I, I think the key here will be will be Jean Charles. Will will he be able to tackle anybody? I mean, he is not the heaviest guy, and in that nickel position, 
you've got to tackle because you are so close to the action. You've got to be a tough guy. Uh, we'll see if he can do that. But, man, those that ball production, that is something. He's got the quicks, and I think he's like tailor-made for his own scheme. So I think he'll challenge right away for sure. Um, the question is just how physical he is. Yeah. This next one's a cool one. Cole Van Lannen from Wisconsin, the left tackle. Green Bay native. You know, the Packers drafting a kid who grew up rooting for Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari, lives 10 minutes away. Now he gets to come into camp and learn from Bakhtiari, maybe even Rodgers. And he told us, the funny story he told us, and I'll I'll be writing about this in the next day or two, was when he got the call uh, from the Packers, it showed up as spam likely on his phone. So he picks it up because it's a Green Bay area code. And it's Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst saying, do you want to come play for the Packers? So I can't imagine what that moment was like. And like I said, tackle depth is something this this team needed in the draft because they only really had Yash Nyman as a, as a swing tackle. So Cole comes in and can provide some more depth competition in camp, which they needed. And getting that with a six-round pick with this guy, I know the feel-good story has nothing to really do with on the field, but makes our job easier. Yeah, he was an all-Big Ten left tackle at Wisconsin. The Packers, like like a lot of teams, like drafting left tackles. Um, so you got the athleticism, and you, you, you're you used to facing really good athletes. So you got that. You got a guy who's faced, obviously, really good guys in the conference. And that spam thing is hilarious. Um, I only ask this half-kiddingly. Is that why the Packers have signed no free agents? Because Goody calls um, Joe Blow defensive lineman or whoever, and it comes up spam risk and doesn't get answered. <laughs> That would be hilarious. <laughs> I, yeah. I get that on my phone too, but on my phone, it actually it is spam. Yeah, and the spam people leave a message. So I'd imagine Goody would leave a message. Um, yeah, you're probably right about that. Because I can, I can see them leaving a message and it's like, oh, uh, your warranty is about to expire. Please give us a call back. Like, no, it's not. Leave me alone. Yeah, you're, but, you're, um, your window security has been compromised. Yeah. Shut up, spam people. Uh, round six, pick 220, Isaiah McDuffie, the inside linebacker from Boston College, says he can beat his former teammate and good friend, A.J. Dillon, in an Oklahoma drill. Awesome. I don't know about that. That's a great, That was a great question, Matt. <laughs> I, I That's the thing. Like with these, like, like I said, you know, I think it was on our pre-draft podcast. My favorite part about these late round guys is just like finding one little detail and asking him about it because – the what do you bring to the team? What's it like getting drafted? How do you fit with the Packers? Kind of get old. So I was like, do you think he can beat AJ in uh, Oklahoma Trail? And AJ responded on Instagram saying, what's this you, you saying about you can beat me in an Oklahoma Trail? So uh, I don't think that'll ever happen. But inside linebacker depth, I think was important. And I thought it was interesting, more so than the draft pick, was Gutekun said uh, on Saturday night to us, we're looking to bring in a veteran inside linebacker. Right now, they just have um, Chris Barnes, Kamal Martin, Isaiah McDuffie, Ty Summers. Ty Summers is the most experienced of that group, and he has played in one game in his two-year career. So um, it, most experienced in terms of time in the league. So Isaiah McDuffie, probably just a depth guy for camp, can play special teams too. I'll be interesting to see who they bring in because I had heard K.J. Wright linked to the Cowboys – but the Cowboys drafted uh, Micah Parsons in the first round, and I believe they took another inside linebacker later in the draft. So K.J. Wright, veteran inside linebacker, really good in Seattle. He's 32. Could the Packers have an eye on him with one of their two remaining roster spots? That Obviously, they can cut guys to make room, but I wonder if the Packers are interested in him. 
Yeah, that'd be a great move, wouldn't it? And you want a guy who can go play some pass defense and run stop. I mean, he, I don't have it in front of me. I'm, I'm fairly certain he was in double, double digits in passes defense last year. I'm not, I'm not sure Blake Martinez had double digits in four years. Um, yeah, I, I remember, you know, Goody in the draft said he, he kind of wanted to draft one early, didn't work out. This is a great inside linebacker draft, but they, I mean, they, they went hot and hot and heavy quickly with those guys. Um, McDuffie should help the special teams too, and God knows they need to help there. Yeah. Last pick, Kylan Hill, the running back from Mississippi State. The coolest thing about this guy is a couple of years back, a tweet from him spurred the Mississippi State government to change their state flag so it didn't include a Confederate symbol. That's the, That might be the best thing yep. this guy ever does in his life. I don't care if he's a football Hall of Famer. That might, be, that might be the best thing. For the Packers, he's a number three running back in the state of Mississippi. He's a legend. Yeah, I, I asked him about that during his conference call or his Zoom call, but the audio was so terrible that I just gave up. I forgot, well, I'll talk to him down the line. But I mean, it is a, a fascinating story about, I believe the tweet was 92 characters in length. 92 characters made that much change. And just an, an amazing story. But a three-down running back to get to the football stuff. The Packers don't have, I mean, they have Dexter Williams, but you need, you need three. You need, it is a violent position. You know, what was it, week 16 when they faced the Titans? Week 15? And they needed A.J. Dillon, and there he was. Uh, there, might be, there might be a game where you need your number three running back to come through. Um, Colin Hill had a thousand yard rushing season. Then they went air raid last year under Mike Leach and he ended up opting out after three games, but he, I think he had a game with like 15 catches or something. So he's a guy who could, he's an interesting guy for sure. Kind of an all around skill set. Yeah. You mentioned they do need that number three guy because obviously Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are the top two, but AJ Dillon played 10% of the offensive snaps last year as the number three. And he missed five games because of COVID. Or five weeks. I don't know if the bye. I think the bye week was in there. So let's say he missed four games because of COVID. Kylan Hill will, will be asked to play some if, if he's that number three. It'll be down to him, Dexter Williams, Patrick Taylor. I think the undrafted uh, guy out of Memphis from last year who who battled a, a foot injury basically was healing from a foot injury he suffered in college all last year. So it'll be interesting to see that that number three running back role. It won't be the most intriguing battle of camp, uh, but. It'll be an intriguing one nonetheless. Just lastly, before we get out of here, I want to talk about the quarterback position, not specifically you know, about Rodgers' dilemma, but they are at 88 players on the roster right now. Uh, Gutekunst and LaFleur both said they'll go into camp with at least three quarterbacks, maybe four. Right now, they only have two. So those two open roster spots could both go to quarterbacks, even if Rodgers stays. If Rodgers... Um, doesn't show up to camp and they come in with three quarterbacks, Jordan Love and two other guys. Could we see a scenario where the Packers start a veteran that is not currently on the team if Jordan Love is not ready? Um, Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater from Denver? Throwing on a name? <laughs> Jordan- I'm, not ta- I'm not talking about a trade. I'm talking about signing a free agent. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, they, they have. I mean, I, they, they didn't. I thought it was really interesting. They didn't go sign a a rookie. You know, those I'm I'm sure the the undrafted quarterback market's long, long gone. So I, I just think that's super interesting that they didn't just go get a, a developmental guy, which they would have, right? If if Aaron Rodgers is gonna be here hundred percent, they're just gonna go get the best undrafted quarterback, right? But they didn't do that. So yep. their plan is to get a veteran quarterback. What veteran quarterback is gonna sign here? 
to compete with Jordan Love to be number two. Which, I mean, the Packers don't want anybody to compete with Jordan Love. That's why Tim Boyle's not here. Right. So I, I just think it's really interesting. So, yeah, it's going to be a veteran guy. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll be fantastically talented. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't, I don't know... I'm sorry if it, they're, they're going to. He's going to be a part of a trade if, they, if the Packers end up trading Rodgers. That quarterback will be put into it as just kind of like a throw-in piece. That that won't even like it'll be a bunch of first-round picks, a star, and then like oh here take this quarterback in return to start for you the first couple of weeks because Jordan Love isn't ready yet. So yeah, it could be. Bill, are you predicting that Teddy Bridgewater starts Week One for the Packers? Uh, no, I'm not. I predict Jordan Love is going to start because they have to, but. Um, okay. Yeah. I, but I mean, again, I, I don't know the Raiders depth chart, but what, why would the Broncos want Bridgewater, Locke, and Rodgers? I mean, that's that's a lot of quarterbacks. And, and obviously the Packers had some interest in Locke last draft cycle. So maybe it's, maybe it's right. Drew Locke. Maybe it's Drew freaking Locke. Anyway. Get those you know jerseys now, not, people. Oh, my God. Stop it. You know this story's not going anywhere. There's going to be updates when Rogers talks, when other stuff leaks out. Um, this story's not going anywhere. But hopefully you Packer fans get a little bit of a breather. Rookies should be on the field in not too long, a couple weeks maybe. Maybe we'll be there, maybe we won't. Maybe we'll be allowed to watch, maybe we won't. But uh, May and June, we'll probably come to you with one episode a month um, unless there's breaking news which I'm sure there will be. So we can't thank you guys enough for, for sticking with us, for listening. Uh, for our super producer, Marissa, Danielle is, is out right now. Uh, for Bill, for myself, we'll talk to you guys next time.